Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's magnify the Lord. Come on, hallelujah. Everybody, let's praise Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Vamos a alabar al Señor, hallelujah. If the person next to you is still sitting down, hallelujah, tap him on the shoulder. Tell him it's time to praise the Lord, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. 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 Oh, just a few more seconds. Let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah, 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 amen. Good to be here with you this evening, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of St. Luke's Gospel, the sixth chapter, and uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I got this sermon very late last night, and I preached at our local congregation this morning, and uh, uh, was not expecting to preach it here tonight. But as I was driving over here, the Lord spoke to me uh, very strongly and firmly and told me to preach this word to you. I'm going to come out swinging. And um, uh, I, everybody who is happy to be in church and excited about the word of God, I'm going to need you to help me preach. And uh, I believe that together uh, we can... We can work with the Lord in creating an atmosphere, amen, that will help draw everybody, everybody say everybody, that will help draw everybody into the presence of God. We've got to get into the presence of God tonight. Hallelujah. I said we've got to get into the presence of God tonight. Hallelujah. I do not believe that this is just a meh service Amen. I believe this is a very important service tonight. And um, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let's just pray for a second. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. If you got the Holy Ghost, pray right now. Si tienes el Espíritu Santo, ora ahorita, hallelujah. Clámale al Señor, hallelujah. Y talalarabosa, dalalariasa, dalalaradalalarabasa, dalalarabota. Ayandalalarabasa, dalalariandalalaraba, dalalarabosa, enderebete. Oh, Jesus. 
Jesus. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you feel what I feel? Hallelujah. I mean, there's a very rich presence of the Lord here. Let's, let's jump right into this book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Amen. Beginning at the 20th verse. The Bible says, He lifted up His eyes on His disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep. Everyone say weep. Blessed are ye that weep now, for you shall laugh. And I want to talk to you for a few moments this evening on this subject, brokenness. Brokenness. Can we say that together? Brokenness. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spirit and for your presence. I pray that you would begin to speak to us now. Lord, I pray that you would use me to preach as the oracle of the Lord. Bless your people. They are wonderful people. They are your people. Your name is invoked over them. And I pray, God, that you would favor them tonight. And I pray, God, that a healing would enter this sanctuary in Jesus' name. And somebody shout amen. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell them Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. Today in America... Just about everyone, regardless of their economic status, owns more possessions than they truly need. Our relationship with possessions is extremely unique. Humans, unlike any other creature, possess things that have no utilitarian value. One of the unique aspects of our relationship with objects or possessions is that we wishfully desire for many of them to remain intact, unbroken, and just like new. We don't want them to break, fracture, or even come apart. We want them to remain just the way they were when we first got our hands on them. So much so that we will often consider buying a new one rather than repairing a broken one. However, we know on some level that the fate of all possessions and objects material is brokenness. We know in the depths and in the recesses of our minds and conscience that the end of everything we possess will one day be broken. Broken objects is one thing, but what about us? How do we feel about being broken? It is a lot easier to discuss how we feel about our possessions breaking But it's quite another to ponder how we feel 
about our heart being broken, our spirit being shattered, or our life coming apart. I think it's safe to assume here tonight that being broken or coming apart is not something we think of in positive terms. And perhaps it's justifiable, especially when you consider that our life being broken comes with complications that simply don't apply to broken objects and possessions. Many, not all, of our possessions can be repurchased, repaired, or even restored. But when it comes to a broken life, things are not that easy. We can't just save up our money and then go buy a new life. Neither can we just take our life down to the repair shop, amen, and ask them to fix our life for us. There is no life mechanic out there. And life just can't be fixed that way. Life is more complicated. A broken life is no laughing matter. As believers, the question for us isn't how do I feel about my life being broken? Our question is how does God feel about my life being broken? And if God cares about my life being broken, how much does he care? Does he care a lot? Does he care a little? Or does he care somewhere in between? Fortunately for us, the Bible tells us exactly how God feels about a broken life. In fact, one of the prophecies about Jesus and his ministry says that when he preaches and he teaches, he will not break a bruised reed. And what it's saying there is that Jesus Christ himself has an aversion to breaking already bruised people. It's bad to be broken, but as far as God is concerned, it's bad to even be bruised. And when Jesus ministered to people, he was careful not to break the already bruised because brokenness sometimes can be irreparable. But let's go a little further and see what else the Bible says about brokenness. In Psalms 34 and 18, the scripture says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. Psalms 51 and 17, the psalm of repentance says, A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. Within these two verses, what emerges is that God draws close to the broken. Furthermore, God refuses to despise those that are of a broken heart. What's interesting to me about these two verses is that they are the exact opposite of what most of us believe when it comes to God and our broken condition. When you ask most people what they think about their brokenness, it is not uncommon for them to tell you that they believe that God is nowhere to be found. And it's not uncommon for them to tell you that they feel as though, amen, God might even hate them or be mad at them. And that that is why all these things are happening. But my Bible tells me that regardless of why you're broken, God is close to you. It does not matter if the world broke you. It does not matter if a friendship broke you. It does not matter if a spouse broke you. And it doesn't even matter if you broke yourself. Amen. The minute you become broken, the Spirit of God comes close to you. And I I just want you to know right now, my friend, if you're broken, do not listen to the devil. Don't even listen to your own flesh that is telling you that God is nowhere near you. He's with you on the job. He's with you in the house. He was with you on the way to the service. He's with you right now. You may not feel 
him. You may not hear him. Amen. You may not see him. But the scripture says he is close to the broken. Come on, let's magnify Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on. We need to shake the devil's lies off right now. We need. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, magnify Jesus. Magnify Jesus. God is talking to somebody right now. Hallelujah. I feel like God has entered this service to heal somebody tonight. Hallelujah. I feel like God showed up to First Church tonight. Amen. To minister to some broken people. I know there's people. I know there's some of us that are clapping, but we're broken. I know we ran the aisle, but we're broken. I know we came in. Hallelujah. I know some of us even gave in the offering in spite of being broke. Amen. And I just feel like God sent me to tell you he's right here he's right there with you you're not alone he's not forsaking you he does not hate you he is not against you he loves you he's with you oh come on somebody oh Jesus oh hallelujah come on come on come on there's a rich presence of the Lord here right now oh hallelujah Hallelujah. You know, I told the church this morning, you know, there, there is such thing as, uh, of course, we know in economics, there is such thing as inflation. And, and there can even be an inflation of words and phrases, sentences and, and, and phrases that we overuse to the point where they lose their value. And one of those phrases that, that really I lament, amen, is Jesus loves you. I mean, it's on coffee mugs, it's on t-shirts, it's on bumper stickers, it's on pens, it's, it's plastered all over Christian libraries, amen, in the John 3.16, and these are all, this is all beautiful, I really don't have anything against it on the surface, however, I'm afraid that we hear it so much that we really don't believe it, we hear it so much that it doesn't really sink into the depths of our conscience, I can't tell you how many people I talk to, how many people I counsel, and, and you could see they're broken and they're shattered and I'll tell them hey Jesus loves you and they'll say yeah I know but as you start talking more to them as more tears begin to flow they'll open up and they'll say you know what I just feel like Jesus doesn't love me I just feel like I've gone too far I just feel like 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 he would not let all this happen if he really loved me the devil is a liar the devil is a liar the devil is a liar Jesus loves you Jesus is not against you Jesus does not oppose you Jesus Jesus does not despise you. Jesus is on your side. Jesus is trying to work with you. Je- oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Yes, he does. Yet. Yeah. Oh, come on for about 10 seconds. Let's praise him. Come on. I don't think it would even hurt you if you clap your hands and you simply say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you. getting a little ahead of myself here right now but you know studies prove that the hardest people to deliver from addictions are the ones who tell themselves continually I'm going to get out of this 
I'm going to kick this. And, and they, they've actually, there, there's actually a point of despair that produces more results than optimism. There, there is a bottom. There's a, there's a, there's a point zero that, that if we can hit it, if we can actually get to it, we're more likely to be delivered from whatever binds us, from whatever afflicts us, from whatever oppresses, depresses, represses us. We are more likely to get genuine deliverance when we hit that zero point than when we keep telling ourselves, it's going to be okay, I'm going to make it out. You know, when we realize that there is absolutely almost nothing in us that can get the results that God can produce, we are closer to being... I, I know I'm the preacher tonight. I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to tell you, Amen. That I repent every day. I'm not afraid to tell you that there's things I repent about every day. And just the other day, Brother Prendes, there was something I started repenting about, and I started crying about it. And in the middle of my crying, Brother Al, you know what I realized? Even my repentance was not good enough. And all of a sudden, I hit point zero, and I told God, Lord, the Scripture says that you grant repentance. I want the repentance that comes from God. The Bible says that godly sorrow worketh repentance, not to be repented of. I'm telling you, there is a repentance that will come down from God over a human heart. If you even realize, God, my repentance itself isn't good enough to get me out of this. I need, I need a godly repentance. I need a godly sorrow. And if you will come over me right now, Lord, and let me feel... I'm preaching to somebody you're all tangled up you're all tied up and you know what you need to do you need to get to the altar tonight and tell God I need something to come down from heaven and touch me right now I don't want to just repent as usual I want a repentance that comes from you I want to repent I'm at point zero I'm not going to be okay if you don't save me I'm not going to be okay if you don't touch me I'm not going to be okay if you don't deliver for me. I need help and I need it tonight. I know. Oh, Jesus. Come on, First Church. Come on, we're getting there right now. Let's get honest with Jesus tonight. Let's get. Oh, come on, for a few seconds. Come on. The Holy Ghost is touching people right now. Come on, hallelujah, come on, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Every hand lifted up just for a few moments. Come on, I feel a point zero coming on some of us. Oh, Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus. I'm telling you, I still got a lot to preach, but the Holy Ghost is saying to put it in park right now. Hallelujah. Many of you have forgotten how you got saved. The reason you got saved in the first place was because you had hit point zero. The reason you got saved is because somewhere in your life, amen, isn't it sad that as sinners, we were more honest than we were as saints? Isn't it strange that when we first came to church, we knew just how worthless we were? Isn't it strange that as sinners, we realized that if God didn't save us, we were going to die. We weren't going to make it. Our lives were going to be torn apart. But then all of a sudden, as saints, amen, our lives begin to unravel and we lose our honesty. We lose our transparency. We lose our urgency. We lose our sense of need of God. God, help us. God, help us to peel away the, the shell, to peel away, amen, the facade and say, God, I know I've been in church for 30 years, 20 years, 40 years years but I need you just as much right now as I needed you back oh come on come on come on oh hallelujah Every hand lifted up. I know I got you praying. I'm not trying to push you. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, there's a presence of God here. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Oh, come on. You know, we have such an aversion to brokenness. And please, I know you did not come to church to get insulted. I know you didn't come to church to get chewed out. I know you didn't come to church to get scolded. But let me tell you something. Amen. The problem in a lot of our lives, amen, is that we are simply not broken. We have an aversion to brokenness. We avoid it. We run from it. We, we behave obstinately. People ask us, how are we doing? We say we're fine. Hallelujah. The pastor taps us on our shoulder. We act like nothing's wrong. The brothers try to get around us. We push them away. We... And and we act like nothing's wrong and we and will do anything to avoid amen another crack in the vessel another fracture in the vessel we'll do everything we can amen to look more repaired amen than we really are to look like we're brand new like nothing's wrong we don't talk about it we don't deal with it and I'm not and I'm not one who's who's for like just spilling your guts all the time but I'm telling you that the deliverance some of you are seeking lies and brokenness you've just got to get broken about it you just got to say you know what? Amen. The reason God feels a million miles away is not because I'm broken. He feels a million miles away because I'm not broken. Amen. Because if I were broken, amen, he'd be close to me. If I were broken, I'd have this deliverance. If I were broken about... Oh, come on, come on, come on. Ah, uh, come on, first church. Hallelujah. You know, uh, some of you probably heard me. I was preaching the other day. Uh, I, I was doing a little bit of research on bread. You know, in John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, house of bread. And you know something, something about bread in the ancient world is that bread wasn't just the food, it was a utensil also. Bread was like a fork or a spoon or a spork. <laughs> this is not odd, we still do this today. Hispanics, we use tortillas. Indians use naan. Middle Easterners use pita. Ethiopians use... Yeah. It's, Americans use biscuits. Yeah. But it was that bread that made it possible to eat the rest of the food on the plate. I'm telling you right now, until you get a hold of the bread of life, you, you won't be able to digest the whole plate. People who people who got a handful of Jesus they're not arguing about holiness people who got a handful of bread they're not arguing about standards people who got a handful of bread don't struggle with tithing people who got you can eat the whole thing honey if you'll get a handful of some bread that's you gotta get 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when you get that bread of life, you'll be able to eat everything on the plate. Some of you are trying to eat everything on the plate without some bread. You need to get you some bread. You'll never understand praise and worship without some bread. You'll never understand holiness without some bread. You'll never understand doctrine without some bread. You'll never understand giving without some bread. But you got to get you some bread first. You got... Come on, come on, come on. Oh, come on. Ah, Jesus, help us right now. Help us right now. We need more of Jesus. We need more of Jesus. We need more of Jesus. We. Every hand lifted high right now. Passover, in the Passover we're going to be having our, really it's our Passover service in just a few weeks but you know in the Passover they didn't just eat the lamb, you know what else they had to eat with that lamb? Bitter herbs but you can eat the bitter herbs if you got the bread you can, you can eat the bitter herbs with some bread You can eat everything that's happened to you. And I know that sounds harsh. And I know that might sound insensitive. But I'm telling you the gospel truth. Joseph was able to say, what you did to me, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. He got himself bread at some point. He said, I'll eat these bitter herbs. I'll eat this whole plate. Because I realize now that I was blessed to be broken. I was blessed to be in that prison. I was blessed. It was a blessing that she lied on me. It was a blessing that they cheated on me. It was a blessing that they walked out on me. It was a blessing I lost that job. It was a blessing I lost that money. It was a blessing the car got rebuilt. It was a blessing. It was a... Oh, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I I know we don't like brokenness. I know we don't like broken things. But God did some powerful things with broken things. Hallelujah. In Judges 7, 18 through 19, we know the story. Gideon is about to go out to war. Hallelujah. But he has some specific instructions with God before he goes out to war. And he tells Gideon, God tells Gideon, he says, Gideon, when you get to the top of the mountain, amen, you're going to do two things. You're going to get a trumpet in one hand, amen, and you're going to get a a lamp in the other hand. He said, and when you, when you, 
when it's time to fight, you're going to break that lamp and that light is going to come out and it's going to confound all your enemies. But first, you got to break the lamp to let the light out. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, there's a brokenness uh, that when it comes on you, hallelujah, it will confound the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a brokenness uh, that when it happens to you, amen, there'll be a light that emanates from you. Oh, come on. I've, I've lived for God long enough to tell you I've come across some broken folk that got a powerful testimony. I've come across some broken folk that the devil don't know what to do with. I've come across some broken... Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on. Every hand lifted up for just a minute. Oh, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, I am going to tell every... This is important for all you that that are new to the Lord. This is important for all you that are making strides through ministry. This is important for all you living for God. There will come a point at every stage in living for God where you will hit rock bottom. And you're going to have to hold on at rock bottom. And if you hold on at rock bottom, you'll never go through that trial again. You'll never have to come around that corner again. And at that, at, I'm telling you the truth right now. You live for God long enough and you'll see there's little things you got to get through and if you get through them you'll never go back to them again but when you're going through it you listen to this preacher it's going to get ugly it's going to get nasty people you thought loved you will say horrible things to you I'm telling you right now you and your wife will hold hands and cry wondering where the next meal is coming from you'll be in and out of hospitals amen you'll be limping all the way along hallelujah but if you'll just stand your ground if you'll just trust God if you'll just know you know what this brokenness is going to result in my blessedness Uh, you will never go through that trial I'm talking to people who have their own business Uh, I'm talking to people who are trying to live for God and have a ministry I'm preaching to saints and new converts Uh, you've got to make it through this trial you've got to hold on to God don't leave, don't quit giving don't quit praying, don't quit fasting you got to stay locked in you got to stay Come on, come on. Don't come around this corner again. Don't come around. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let's magnify Jesus. Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking to people. Jesus is talking to people.
Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
There are people under the sound of my voice. If you don't allow God tonight to change your perspective on your situation, you're going to go down in flames. But tonight you have an opportunity to get into the presence of Jesus and get a whole new outlook on your life and get a whole new outlook on what's happened and get a whole new outlook on what's taking place. And I promise you as a man of God, by the time you hit those doors, things are going to start turning around. Things are going to start changing. Things will be out. Better yet, you're going to go out of this place changed. Better yet, you're going to go out of here with your eyes enlightened and your mind open. Amen to the goodness of the Lord.